Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Hello, friends. I am very happy and honored today to introduce Season 4 of our podcast. This fourth season will feature the prophets. The first season, of course, as you know, was the New Testament. Second season was Genesis through Kings. The third season was First Chronicles through Song of Solomon. And this fourth season will be the prophets. Of course, uh, today's message notwithstanding, the prophets begin with Isaiah. But the Old Testament prophets, this is kind of the, the culmination of our, our time together in terms of the various seasons. The Old Testament prophets spoke as the mouth of the Lord. His word, the prophet's word, was often a direct representation of what God wanted to say to his people. And the word of God in the mouth of the the writing prophets carried the same authority as the word of God in God's mouth. And so these spoken words now appear in our Bibles under the captions of the various prophetic book names. The function of the Old Testament prophet was a little bit different than a New Testament prophet. Old Testament prophets were given the responsibility for the spiritual condition for the people of Israel. In the New Testament, um, of course, the ministry, assorted ministry, people, elders, um, deacons, pastors, evangelists, apostles, etc., teachers, all share responsibility. But in the Old Testament, it was the prophets who bore the brunt of responsibility for the spiritual condition of the people. They were divinely appointed moral and ethical preachers. They were the teachers of true religion, and they were God's spokesmen. Their messages were intended to point the people of Israel to the will of the one true God. And so the prophets are um, 16 in number, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Those are traditionally referred to as the major prophets. And then the minor prophets Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, uh, Zechariah, and Malachi. And we will spend time with each of these prophets and their their writings. We'll go through each chapter. And I'll give a a more complete summary uh, introduction for each of these prophets when we come to their books in season. But I want to give you kind of a brief overview of what you can expect in the days ahead. First, we'll begin with Isaiah. Isaiah lived and prophesied from about 740 B.C. to around 690 B.C. So this was a long period of time. And it was a very important period of time in Israel's history because the Assyrians were rising up as a world power and they would ultimately conquer the northern kingdom in 722 B.C., right in the the middle of Isaiah's prophetic ministry. And so it's believed from the scriptures that the prayers of Isaiah and the advice of Isaiah turned back the Assyrian armies from the very gates of Jerusalem. So Jerusalem didn't fall, but the northern kingdom fell. Isaiah's messianic predictions are some of the clearest and most precise in the Old Testament The New Testament relied heavily on quotes from Isaiah that revealed Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus is revealed to be the suffering servant of Isaiah uh, 42 to 55. 
including the very shocking description of his crucifixion in Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53. Next comes Jeremiah, who lived and ministered in Jerusalem about 100 years after Isaiah. He was one of three contemporary major prophets. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel all lived in the the same period of time. They lived and ministered in the same period of time, although Daniel lived longer than the others. Jeremiah prophesied that the Lord would allow Judah to be conquered by Babylon and carried into exile and captivity if they didn't repent and turn toward God. And of course, this is exactly what happened. And so Ezekiel was carried into captivity. Daniel was um, also carried into captivity. Ezekiel was among the refugees, and Daniel was among the king's uh, trusted confidants. But Ezekiel, uh, in his book, conveys amazing symbolic prophetic acts that he was ordered by our Heavenly Father to um, act out among the refugees, portraying living parables explaining God's relationship with Israel. Ezekiel's life and ministry were filled with visions and angelic encounters that honestly are beyond the capacity that I have to adequately explain them. But I thoroughly enjoy the book of Ezekiel. I am thoroughly looking forward to teaching through it as well. Daniel, the last of the uh, the major prophets, was taken into Babylon among the first wave of captives early on, about 605 B.C. Daniel was put into positions of very high governmental authority in the administrations of Babylon and as well as the Medes and Persian Empire. Daniel saw visions of the coming Son of Man unparalleled within the Scriptures. So Daniel chapter 7, I believe to be one of the most important chapters in the Bible. It reveals the coming of one like the Son of Man that the New Testament refers to often as Jesus. Hosea is next. Hosea is the first of the the so-called minor prophets, and there's nothing minor about Hosea and what he revealed to us. He ministered during the last 40 or 50 years before the northern kingdom fell, and there was no legitimate priesthood functioning in the northern kingdom. So Brother Hosea was it. He was the, the man of God for the northern kingdom during his lifetime. His life and his marriage were allegories of the Lord's relationship with Israel. He was commanded by God to marry a a prostitute that would symbolize Israel's unfaithfulness to God. And so imagine this, friends. Hosea, a living man, was commanded by God to marry a prostitute as a prophetic act, symbolizing Israel as God's unfaithful wife. Hosea's wife would be unfaithful to him. And so the The book of Hosea is one of my favorites. It has foreshadowings of the New Testament church and the bride of Christ. And we'll go into that in some depth when we get to Hosea. Next comes Joel. Joel lived in Judah, and he also ministered before the fall of the northern kingdom. His brief writings have strong messianic content, and there are many quotes in the New Testament from the book of Joel. Next comes Amos, who was a herdsman or a shepherd. He was a native of Judah. He prophesied primarily to Israel in the northern kingdom from 760 to about 750 B.C., so well before the Assyrian army came and destroyed the northern kingdom. 
He proclaimed that the nature of God and his justice required him to judge unrighteous behavior in his people. And of course, all that played out later with the coming of the judgment of God on the northern kingdom. Obadiah is next, and Obadiah is uh, the shortest book in the Old Testament canon. It is probably the oldest of the writing prophets' books. It consists of one prophetic word against Edom. And, uh, of course, Edom was the next-door neighbor to Israel and uh, in the modern area of Jordan, so we'll talk about that. Jonah comes next with his miraculous story of deliverance from the belly of the whale. Of course, this is one of the best-known stories in the Bible. Jonah's prophetic message was given to Nineveh, which was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire, of course, was on the rise and would ultimately destroy the northern kingdom of Israel. But Jonah came to Nineveh, the capital, and had a prophetic word. And the word was, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. But in the case of Jonah's preaching, Jonah's preaching brought them to a place of repentance. And Nineveh turned and repented and was not destroyed in 40 days. And so the judgment of God was delayed on the Assyrians for many, many years as a result of them humbling themselves at the preaching of Jonah. Micah was next, and Micah prophesied to Judah between 735 and 700 B.C., again, around the time of the Assyrian conquest in the north. He foretold judgment on Samaria and Jerusalem, and he denounced the sinful leaders of the nation of Israel and the sinful priesthood. Nahum was kind of like Jonah. He, pre- he prophesied to Nineveh. He prophesied much later than Jonah. And uh, unlike Jonah, Nahum was not heeded. They didn't um, accept the warning of Nahum. So Nahum prophesied the Assyrians would be judged by God for their severe treatment of the Jews. Uh, They did not repent, and they were indeed judged by God. Habakkuk came along and prophesied to Judah. He's probably best remembered for his really interesting conversational prayers with the Lord. I find them fascinating, and we'll spend some time with that. But Habakkuk is also remembered from uh, his first chapter, a verse that says, The just shall live by his faith. Of course, the New Testament built on that. Martin Luther and the Reformation was built primarily, the Reformation was built primarily on the rediscovery of this Basic truth, the just shall live by his faith. So we'll talk about that in Habakkuk. Zephaniah came next, writing and ministering to Judah, roughly the same time as Jeremiah and Daniel and um, Ezekiel. But he wrote about um, the fall of Jerusalem to Babylon in 586 B.C. And he used a term that is indicative throughout the scriptures of the coming of the Lord in the day of judgment. He spoke of the day of the Lord. Many prophecies in Zephaniah about the day of the Lord. We'll talk about them. Next come the two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. Haggai was the older of the two. The two have been called prophets of the restoration because they came along with the returning refugees after the 70 years of Babylonian captivity had ended. Haggai had a single purpose. He wanted to see the temple restored and the worship of Yahweh resumed. 
His younger contemporary, Zechariah, had the same primary ministry concerning the rebuilding of the Lord's temple. But he also gave sweeping messianic predictions and revelations about the distant future. In my opinion, Zechariah is one of the most relevant books of the Bible for the generation in which we live. And so we'll look at Zechariah's amazing prophetic words, and we'll look at the application for our own generation and perhaps for the days ahead. And then finally, the last of the minor prophets is Malachi. It was probably the last one written. We don't know for certain, but it is generally treated as the last. His book was written somewhere around 433 B.C., and like Haggai and Zechariah, his message was one of zeal for the Lord's house. So he had a lot to say about the Lord's house as well. Now, each of the prophets laid foundation stones concerning the future church in the New Covenant, but specifically, most of these prophets described the life and ministry of the Messiah that Jesus later came to fulfill in the New Testament. Without the writing prophets, friends, we would not have been able to identify and compare Jesus of Nazareth with the Messiah that God had promised in the Old Testament. Everything the prophets wrote is valuable, but their greatest contribution to the church is their revelations concerning the life and ministry of Jesus Christ and who he would be. Now, I want to finish with a verse, and this is from Isaiah. This is a prophetic verse concerning the Messiah, very familiar. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Friends, that came to pass in the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, all of the prophetic words of the prophets have come to pass, or they will yet come to pass. Some are still before us. In the days ahead, we'll review the things that have occurred and and discuss some of the things that may yet be before us. But all the while, we'll focus on Jesus. Just as Isaiah's word said, the Lord will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. We'll discuss God with us, the man Jesus Christ and all of the prophets, and we hope you'll come along for this exciting season four. Lord, we thank you for your prophets. We thank you for the writings that they have left to us. Lord, we pray for understanding and the ability to apply these things to our own lives now in our generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.